Folks, I love stand-up comedy. From Jim Gaffigan to Richard Pryor, I love to hear comics and laugh my butt off to amazing stories and hilarious observations of life. And what's even cooler is to pick the brains of these artists and see how we get to that hilarity. Luckily, there's a podcast out there that does just that. Behind the Bits is a podcast where Scott Curtis learns everything he can about stand-up comedy from his guests. He's had the greats on, like Tom Dreesen, as well as new sensations like Corey Ryan Forrester on his show. He's won the Discover Pod's annual award for Best Interview Style Podcast. You can also follow Behind the Bits on Twitch to watch his interviews live and unedited at twitch.tv slash behindthebits. So check out Behind the Bits with Scott Curtis on your favorite podcast app. And thank you for sponsoring this review. Hello everybody, welcome back to Sunshine Human. I've got another game review for you all, and let's get to it. So, the game that I recently played and had a fair good time with and decided to post up a review of my initial impressions, or my actual impressions, my full impressions, not just initial impressions, as I played the game over the course of three days this past weekend. It's called Rhyme or Rime, you'll see it spelled there, R-I-M-E, and it was made in 2017, developed by Tequila Works out in Spain, currently available on the PC, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, Series X, Series S, the PS4, and the PlayStation 5, and the particular version that I played was through Amazon Luna, which is Amazon's cloud gaming service. That's how I played this game with a wireless controller and it worked silky smooth for the most part through my ethernet connection. So I I think think it was a pretty good good experience on my part. I think I got the the full-on experience that you could get aside from just having a super-powered PC in front of me with the stuff like that. I, I don't know what resolution it was displaying at for myself, but looked pretty darn good to me, and that's because of the, the style of this game. And It's an adventure game with light puzzles and platforms to do, so you do get a bit of challenge through the platforming and the puzzle aspects. And on HowLongToBeat.com, it's currently averaging about five and a half hours to complete from start to finish. 10 hours if you want to try to 100% the game. 
I did not. I probably took around that five and a half to six hour range to beat this game over the course of three days or so, just as a as a game nighttime. I, I put on a full on uh, marathon of it towards the end on the last day, but I put on a couple one hour or two the first two days, and then just went all out to beat the game on the third day. So what's the premise of this game? Well, the game starts off with a boy who has been washed ashore on a seemingly deserted island that begs to be explored as there's evidence of of a civilization and even possibly life, or intelligent life, really. the, The story is told through the interactions with the world. And as you go deeper into the game, as you explore the island some more, you'll start to uncover some clues that'll kind of give you an idea as to the events that brought you to this portion of the game where the boy just seems to have just landed on this deserted island after a a storm washed ashore. So I I don't want to spoil the ending of this game, of course, because... The ending is very important to the realization as to what this game is. You won't get the full impact of the story. if you, Even like as to some of the clues that I was uncovering along the way, I can't really reveal much of those either because it all ties into the message that the developers here were trying to tell with this this video game here so you really do have to experience it for yourself in order to to see what they were trying to convey and for you to to see the symbolism for yourself that's you that's the whole point is that they are uncovering it uh, you are uncovering what they have put out there for yourself and and there are clues all over the place there's there's all kinds of uh, trinkets and explorable areas if you go off the beaten path to try to figure out what's going on before they hit you with it at the end of the game so expect that you are this boy so you're you're this this child i don't know how old he is he looks like he's maybe 10 or 11 who knows preteen and you'll see other life forms on this island as you explore you'll see boars you'll see birds you'll see robots you'll see ghosts You'll see a mysterious cloak figure, and you'll see that cloak figure fairly soon in the game. And uh, probably one of the most important characters is a fox who acts as your guide at, as, at some important junctures of the game itself to help steer you along to where you're supposed to go. So let's, let's go now with the visual presentation graphics. The game is a cel-shaded art style. Looks like it was... I don't know if anybody's played The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. That's probably a very clear inspiration for the art style of this game. It feels ex- extremely reminiscent of that down to the point of you just exploring an island. And the art style works well for this type of thing with these indie developers. It's it, it simplified everything for them. And really, the uh, very bright and vibrant colors popping out. Darks are dark, but there's a lot of color that is incorporated there that helps everything pop. 
And that's the beauty of the cell shaded art style is that it allows the developer to create a clear image for the gamer, the person who's playing this, and to identify things. And really, it's just very, very clean. And this game has a very, very clean look. And things pop when they're supposed to pop. And it's it's really nice. I, I fairly, very, very enjoyed it. Uh, as far as the the way that I played it, I played it, it seemed like a six, silky smooth 60 frames per second on my Ethernet connection through the cloud gaming. I'm sure even better on a PlayStation 4 or 5 or an Xbox One or Series X. Uh, I, I was looking at some YouTube videos that said that it, it may have ran as a lower frames per second on those older consoles, the PS4 and the Xbox One, meaning I... If you're playing this on the Switch, you, you might even get a 30 frames per second experience. However, you, if you're playing this on the Switch, you're probably used to that by now. And it's not that important to the experience of this game. There's not a lot of... Well, there's really none whatsoever of twitchy sections that require that silky smooth frame rate. It's a fairly... Uh, slow-paced, uh, not slow-paced, uh, mid-paced adventure game with with some, once again, puzzle elements, which there's really very few moments where you're pressed for time and very few moments where you have to have pinpoint walking or platforming skills to traverse the world of this island. And the main character himself, this boy, is uh, very expressive. And he doesn't speak at all aside from some hums and some yells. All of his expressiveness is told through reactions and body language. But due to the cartoon style through the cell shading, the developers here are able to convey what he feels just from the facial and body expressions alone. The island itself is clearly inspired by the developer's home country of Spain, and its Mediterranean influences with the with regards to the architecture of some ruins you'll find and, and geology of of the island itself. So these big giant high cliffs, uh, grass, and that type of stuff. You you it really does feel reminiscent of a Mediterranean style coastline. And you'll explore a lot of different areas. There's underwater caverns. There's ruins. There's deserts. Uh, the small island really does open up as you continue to traverse it, go deeper and deeper, and there's some variety here, and it, and it keeps the visual style and uh, the island itself from becoming monotonous. So there we go with re with regards to that. Um, uh, sound, as far as the sound, the game's music captures different moods based on the portion of the island you are exploring. Don't know why that made a noise on my kumpupu. Um, anyways, uh, the island that you're exploring, and the, the game's music, really, the soundtrack is noticeably huge. There's a lot of tracks in this game, and every scenario that's presented in this game has an accompanying track to go along with it. So you're not hearing repeats in this one. You're not hearing a lot of 
looping tra- I mean yeah looping tracks is they're, they're fairly long tracks if you look up the original soundtrack and every moment has the accompanying music to go along with it and it really does match with what's happening in the screen in front of you so it's a clear indication that the developers carefully crafted this game to get an emotional response from the player, whether that emotion was joy or fear, dread, confusion, or even intrigue. The music presented is not MIDI tracks. You are getting wondrous mixture of, of digital audio and real instruments from the music composers in this game. Now let, let's let's head on over to the gameplay. So uh, the main character, this boy, you, you control him through running around with the uh, left stick, uh, joystick, control camera movement with the right stick. If you've played any sort of 3D platformer or adventure style game within the last 10 years or so, you all understand immediately how to control uh, the camera and this character. And uh, the face buttons are mainly for, uh, he's got a rolling move, he's got a jump, he's got uh, a button that's mainly for yelling or humming, and he also has a basically a all-in-one action button, which uh, I'll explain that later, but let's keep, let's keep moving on here. So, character handles smoothly, I didn't find any fault with uh, controlling this character, he runs at a pretty fair pace. He's not too slow. He's not too fast. And there, there are certain points of the world that look like areas. And this is one of my gripes here: is that they look like areas that the character could climb onto, or walk onto, or jump to, but were restricted. Which it makes sense design-wise, but it, there are points where it was not visually represented as impossible areas to explore at the time there are certain jumps where it's like why why can't he just jump there like why can't i do that and probably really the only few gripes but every video game has that for the most part you're gonna get those areas that kind of like okay he should be able to do this and it's just the way that they crafted the world and, and to help you not uh sequence skip certain areas too um so the, the character, uh, there are enemies per se in this game, but the character himself does not have any combat options. He doesn't punch or kick or anything like that. He doesn't jump onto characters aside from using some of the items in tandem with your yell and to kind of take out enemies along your path. And so that, that's really the, the combat the combat portions of this game. It's, there's not much, of, of, if anything, with regards to combat. And the game is fairly generous. It's actually extremely generous. If you fall off a cliff and uh, go into a gigantic pit of doom or or get taken out by one of these enemies, you'll immediately respawn uh, very, uh, um, very near where you had just uh, died to retry again. So there's no lives or anything like that. You can just keep going. There's no real penalty to uh, failing certain portions of 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 the game. 
So yeah, enemies, uh, so the character does yell, and yelling is one of the main ways to interact with items and the world itself. There are certain objects that glow blue that do something if the character yells. So the yell has some sort of power, and the blue color pops well enough in the world to show the players when they can use the yell to interact with that object that they are that they're seeing the, the game uh, the all-encompassing action button allows the boy to pick up items or place items in certain spots like uh, keys to doors and the game is an adventure game in all honesty it's just about exploring and then solving some light puzzles do some light platforming that will just push the narrative along there are hidden items sprinkled throughout the world that encourage exploration and also are clues to the game's ultimate meaning at the end. So if you are truly trying to do this 100% and you want to do it, you can probably try and do it start to finish and try and explore every nook and cranny and you will start to figure out what is happening before the ending comes to essentially tell you what is happening with the story why this boy is on this island and the game is broken up into chapters that take place on different parts of the island given the story that unfolds it will begin to make sense to the player by the end of the story why it's broken up in that way as well so there's there's purpose to the way the developers have structured this game audibly and visually and from a gameplay standpoint to hit the player with the story that they're trying to tell the message that they want to tell as far as my experience my personal experience so this game continues another long line of artsy indie games that i've been into lately (laughs) I've been enjoying them a lot, especially since a lot of them are coming to the Nintendo Switch. A lot of them are on PC. That's usually where they start. And so this game did start to become a tiny slog to me as I... As I'm getting towards, like, maybe a little past the middle of the game. I thought, like, oh, man, is this is this over yet? Is, is, is this over yet? So there are large swaths of space that seem to keep going for the only reason to just pad out the runtime or something or and maybe it was an artistic choice but there are portions of the game that i thought maybe they could have shortened it or made certain areas a lot smaller just to get us over to the next part uh, but the, once again nothing huge just minor gripes that maybe added i don't know five or ten more minutes to certain parts so it's not that big of a deal but uh yeah you know I, I found some of the hidden objects in the game but i wasn't attempting to find more of them while I was playing to unlock there's unlockable costumes for the main character I played the game entirely without using a guide or any sort of thing like that or a video on YouTube which I found to be a compliment to the game as it provided me enough of a challenge to solve their puzzles but nothing that was so complicated or so cryptic that it forced me to go look up a guide and try and, and and wouldn't get that sensation of figuring it out for myself. Although there are games where I just I don't care about that sensation. I just want to 
move on with the story. But with this this game itself, the the you figuring out what it is beforehand is part of the sensation for this game. So it it, it does feel good to figure it out on your own. And I'm glad that this game has that that gave me that opportunity without it being so uh, unnecessarily cumbersome. So I, I didn't find the game too easy. It was just challenging enough to keep me wanting to move the narrative forward. And if I got lost exploring the world, that's where this fox character, I had mentioned this fox before, starts barking at you. The fox is there, it, it'll move around the stage and basically is your guide to figure like if you're you're kind of lost as to what you're supposed to do next with regards to what area you're supposed to go to you'll uh sometimes in certain points you'll hear this fox or you'll see the fox because a fox pops with that uh with an orange coat and you will know where to go and that fox will take you to the next part of the island that you're supposed to get to and move the story forward so uh, and finally the payoff at the end of the game really it really got me good it really really did get me i i wasn't i didn't entirely figure it out before i got to it and then when i saw it i'm like oh it all makes sense and the game story makes sense and the environments make sense and the music makes sense like it all made sense once i got to the end and i'm like ah bravo 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 so in conclusion, do I recommend this game? If you want, it's a short weekend game. You can you can beat this. Once again, five and a half hours. I probably took six to, to beat this game. It's, it's an artsy style game, artsy style indie game, adventure game. And it's one of the longer ones that I've experienced. It's actually probably the longest of that style. Usually these, these artsy style indie games don't really have long run times. They're maybe an hour two hours max but this one ran five and a half to six hours i would say so it's it's one of the longer ones it it really does take you through a journey but it was a journey that i was willing to go through and willing to go uh, along with because it really didn't present me with any sort of difficulty or or frustration or even boredom to the to to say like, ah, I don't feel like playing this any longer. I thought it did its job in getting me to keep pushing forward and figuring out what the heck is going on with this boy. So uh, that's 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 my re- that's my recommendation. If you like artsy style indie games, go and get it. If you're trying to get into them. This is one of the longer ones. I don't know if I would say you should start with this one. Maybe you should start with something a little shorter. That way you can kind of wean yourself into it. Instead of diving into this one. Once again, it's a longer one in comparison to that. So that's how I would recommend this game to you. Uh, If you have Amazon Luna, which is how I played this. If you're paying for the subscription, then go ahead and try it. It's there. It's part of your monthly subscription. I am just doing a one-week trial of this, and I thought, and I saw the the amount of time it takes to, to beat this game on howlongtobeat.com. I'm like, 
I can get that through. I can get through that in a few days, and uh, and, and I did, and uh, I'm 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 glad I did. I'm glad I experienced it. So uh, I didn't put any uh, aside from my usual Amazon Prime subscription. I didn't put anything extra on top of this to experience it. But I think once more, if you like adventure style indie games that are artsy, have a nice artsy look. Go ahead. Go ahead. Fantastic soundtrack. Great visuals. And gameplay that that wants that makes you want to keep pushing forward. That's it for me, everybody. I'm Francisco here with Sunshine Human. So that's uh you can take a look at my past reviews in my back catalog. I also have some other stuff from some personal journal stuff that you guys can listen to as well. And uh, follow me, follow me on wherever you can find me. I'm on Twitter, I'm on YouTube. uh, I I didn't stream this game at all, uh, so you can't view my gameplay. And and honestly, it's once again another game that's like, I don't know if you might want to watch a stream, maybe like the first, watch the trailer or just watch the first 10 minutes of a stream to see if you feel like doing this type of game, if it interests you, but... Don't watch any longer because then things will start to get uncovered and, and, and unveiled and, and it'll ruin the the point, the message that the developers were trying to convey. And I, and I think that's really important to, to, to these games is that you play it as they intended rather than watching someone else play it because that's part of the experience. Anyways, take care everybody. Ciao. Y así es de niño.